0: Well, this morning we're going to continue on what Mark preached on last week. Does anyone remember? Wow. Somewhere in here. Okay, who is here? Raise your hand. All right. If you remember, just shout something out. What? How to help a crazy person. Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, that's close. Three P's. Place. Purpose. People place a purpose. A plus. A plus. People place in purpose. And we. We. He was talking about fear. How do we follow Jesus and in the into our fear so that we can conquer the fear? Do You remember this? No. Who said no? Oh, you weren't here. But those who are here, do you remember this? Yes. Thank you. So we're going to continue that. And so I was. I was asking the Lord last night, what would be a practical example? I said, Lord, what would be a practical example I could do? Um, that would put me on the spot in front of everyone to show that I'm willing to go where you go and face my own fear, but it would just be a little goofy example. I said, I don't have one. So I'm laying in bed, about to go to sleep, and I said, well, I don't have one. And all of a sudden, I hear, I hear Shanna's phone ring, my wife. And she picks up the phone, and I could tell it's one of my parents. And and so they're talking to her giving her instructions, and then I hear her leave the house at, at 10.30, and I'm going where's she going? And then all of a sudden, she comes into my room and just plops this giant box on my lap when I'm like half asleep. And and she says, your dad's on the phone, you need to open this box. And I said, oh, okay, okay. So I'm like, you know, getting the sleep out of my eyes, you know. And I, I open this box, and in the box is another box. And I'm going, oh, great. But the box had a label on it. And soon as I read that label... It transported me to 1993, and I was like 10 or I don't know how old I was then. I don't even want to do the math. I was 11. And so I remember, 1993, I read this label, and I'll tell you what it said in a second. And I remember wanting something at 11 years old, terribly badly. I mean, just, I, I wanted this thing. And I watched the movie Sandlot, and who's seen the movie Sandlot? And there's a particular uh, type of merchandise in that movie, that every kid who saw that movie wanted. And I wanted what I saw there, and I never got it until last night. My dad just randomly sent this package. And I brought this with you today. And this terrified me to show everyone, and then what I'm going to do next. But I need to follow Jesus into my fear, yes? So here's a box of PF Flyers. Who remembers PF Flyers? Makes a person run faster and jump higher. I got so excited. I'm like, ooh, jet black. I'm like, I haven't even opened the box yet. And my dad gets on the phone with me. I haven't opened it yet. And I'm hoping jet black, you know, because that's how it was in Sandlot. And, oh, it was just beautiful. They were beautiful. And so I, I opened the box. And as I open it, my dad goes, just to let you know, they're not jet black. They didn't have any of those. And I went, oh, no. So I opened the box, and it's like a light comes out from the box. I'm not kidding. A light you could see from space. And I thought, I have to wear these tomorrow. I have to, because I would be terrified. So here we go with my PF flyers. (laughs) And so I thought as an example, we're going to have a Mr. Rogers moment. Won't you be my neighbor? I'm going to face my fear. And yeah, this is what that's what that's what really freaked me out was I had this outfit picked out already and it matches my outfit. So, I saw these things and I just went, you know, the little kid inside me went, "Those are amazing." The adult went straight to insecurity and fear. So, without further ado, my PF flyers. Yeah! I know, I was thinking about that. Maybe I'll try my vertical and I just thought no one wants to see that because my vertical without them is two inches, with them it'll only be three inches. So, you know, there we go. So we'll see if they make me preach better. PF pastoral footwear. So got excited about that. So thanks for indulging me there. How they look? Yeah, they feel good. All right. I well, I'm terrified on the inside. I'm a, I'm a little child right now. Well. <laughs> That's just a small example, right? Isn't it amazing? We all have these little fears, don't we? And Jesus wants us to take him into those fears as well, because those fears create patterns, and those patterns continue to build. So when we give into those little insecurities like that, just wearing bright shoes, you can see from space, that begins to set a pattern of getting used to giving into that fear, preventing us from going places God is calling us to, and getting help when we need help. How many of you have been afraid to get help in your life at one time or another? There's no shame in this. We all have. How many of you have been afraid to get prayer at one time or another in your life? Well, this is where we want to camp today because this is where Mark set us up. When we're talking about bringing Jesus in this series, bringing Jesus into our lives in such a way he begins to kick down these doors or obstacles in our lives, we've got to let him do it. And we've got to allow ourselves to look inwardly as well as outwardly. Because we have been pushing, how do we bring Jesus into our relationship so that we can have an effect? Right? We've been talking about this agnosium, haven't we? How do we identify who Jesus is calling to? But we also have to remember that we have to be personally in alignment with him. And sometimes we can't be effective because we're terrified. And we're terrified of of what we've done, who we've become, and those things follow us. Even to our relationship with Jesus. I still carry things. I am I am struggling every day to let go and allow Jesus to take that. Cause this is what I found. It you know, have you ever heard someone say to you, Just hang on, hang on. Who's heard that? Just hang on a little bit longer. I found, you know, I would think about that and I would find myself going, man, that takes a lot of strength to keep, to persevere, to hang on. But I find it takes more strength to let go than it does to hang on in a lot of cases. Not the rule, but in a lot of cases. Because what happens with fear is that we get used to living in that and we get used to it deciding, making our decisions for us, don't we? And so instead of following Jesus into our fear and letting go of it, We hang on to it because it's easier, it doesn't test us, it doesn't stretch us, it keeps us right where we are. And where we are is comfortable. We may not like it, but we're comfortable because we know the terrain. Don't we all know the terrain of fear? (laughs) We know where we can go, where we can't go, and where we don't want to go. But if we're to be effective for the kingdom, we have to be called out of that. Let me change that. We have to answer the call and follow Jesus out of that fear. If we don't do that, we're not going to be effective because we'll see we'll see Jesus call us somewhere or lead us somewhere, and we'll start walking that way, and then all of a sudden the fears come creeping in, and then we book it. Don't we? We do that a lot. and And a few weeks ago we talked about Peter, how he did that. Jesus calls him out. He's like... He's like, Jesus, call me out to the water and I will go. And he walks out on water and he sees the waves and he's terrified and consumed by his fear and he begins to sink. And so, how do we prevent that from happening? Well, just a second here. We have a clip to illustrate this point. And I want you to pay attention to it. It's a a clip from The Runaway Bride. Who's seen The Runaway Bride? Okay. Okay. I was amazed how in this scene teaches us so much about who we are and who God is and the answer to our fear. Take a look. All rise, please. So for those of you who haven't seen it, this is her fourth wedding, which she's run away from. So hence the runaway bride. What did you see in this clip? I mean, there's obvious things. What are the obvious things? What? Lock the door to keep her from leaving, right? Fear? Absolutely. Loss of focus. Did you see, did you see what happened when eye contact was broken or interrupted? What do we see when Peter's walking on water? Eye contact is broken. Yeah? Distraction. Now, what's interesting about this clip is that, um, and if you want to go ahead and show this, when you come into this room down here, you'll see paintings everywhere. Now, I, I, I looked at this clip over and over and over again, and there's only one sign that's different. What do you see that big yellow sign in front of you? It's the only sign in the entire room that has writing on it. Very interesting, isn't it? So here we have people, we have place, and we have purpose. We have a woman here who's got people around her. She has a place she calls home, but she doesn't know her purpose. And she's afraid to ask for help. She's afraid to seek help. And so she knows where she wants to go, but she doesn't know how to get there. And all of a sudden, eye contact is broken, and she books it, and the answer is right there. Isn't that cool? Now, my brother works in Hollywood on set design, and he tells me that everything on a Hollywood set is on purpose, which raises the question, doesn't it? It raises the question, why that sign? Whether they know it or not, there's truth to that because Jesus wants us to follow him into our fear so that we can conquer our fear and we can get the assistance, the prayer that we need so that we may be effective for the kingdom. Now, this is pretty simple stuff. I mean, we know this, but we don't know it. I mean, how many of you right now in this room are dealing with a fear in your life? And it's okay, I am, okay? It's challenging because we always think we need to take Jesus into our fear. Have you heard that phrase? Let's take him with us. I don't see that in scripture. I see let's follow him into those places because he's the leader. If we try to drag him along, then we're making the conscious choice to let go whenever we want. If we're following him, we're identifying he knows better than we, and that's why we're going with him. The only way he kicks down doors is if he's going first. Right? I mean, to truly kick those things down, I mean, I'm glad he is because I don't want to know that I'm going in a room where people are ready to just fire at me and kick that door down and be the first one. He does it for us. That's the beauty of Jesus. That's the beauty of the cross and the resurrection. He kicks it down for us so that we can follow him into victory. Into victory. See, what happens is when we feel fear, we're also afraid we're going to lose something. Any sense of self-security that we may have or self-confidence, we sometimes feel we'll lose that. We'll lose our comfort zone if we try to engage fear. What happens if fear overtakes us and we engage it and, and it overtakes us in a moment of weakness? Didn't you get up and you keep following Jesus. Peter went through, I mean, he went through a hurricane of stuff, didn't he? Failure after failure after failure according to what we see. But then when, he, when Jesus raises from the dead and he fully gets it, you don't see that as often, do you? It's a struggle to follow him into those places that terrify us. It is. And it should be, right? Because he's calling us to to live a life that before we met him, we never even crossed our minds. Really, I'm supposed to love my enemy? What? Who does that come natural to? (laughs) Him. That's why we follow him. That's why we abide in him. That's why we allow him to occupy the space of our hearts. That's why we say, Jesus, here's my life. I give it to you because when I when I take control, messy things happen. I lose my focus. I run away from my destiny, from what you're calling me to. I'm terrified. I, 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 fear is my big thing. I have a huge, and I, I'm going to admit this to you, and I have a few times, but You need to know how strong it is for me. This a little scratchy. I have a huge fear of failure. Huge. And it's haunted me my entire life. Everything I do, I want to be good at. Anyone in that boat? Right? Who doesn't want to be good at what they do? And when I disappoint people, it crushes me. It crushes me. I'm a people pleaser by nature. So if someone disagrees with me, if someone's disappointed in me, it's not something I just shake off. I I carry that. And it creates this anxiety, and the fear just grows when God calls me into another situation that will test that, that will give me opportunity to trust him. And I get terrified. I had an experience uh, about 10 years ago. No, excuse me, about eight years ago. And and I was, uh, I may have shared this, but I'm going to share it again. Um, I was a waiter, and I uh, at a, a senior citizen home that was like five-star. I mean, you had people that worked with Albert Einstein. You had people that played with Babe Ruth. I mean, these are the people you saw every day. And it was a treasure trove of wisdom and stories. And I love stories. I love them. I love hearing them. I love telling them. Because there's something about it that takes what we see here And brings it to life and application, right? Because we see, and that's why story is so important. Jesus says, tell your story. Tell the good news of what God has done in your life, right? Because stories are dangerous because they change people. And so I was in heaven because I was hearing all these stories. Well, has anyone here been to La Jolla, California ever? San Diego. If you look almost everywhere in La Jolla, you'll see scripts. Scripps Hospital, Scripps Peer, Scripps this, Scripps that. And there's this couple by the last name of Scripps, who all this is named after. And the woman, the wife, is, I met her at this place while I was waiting. And, and I just called her Mrs. Scripps, never, never knew her first name. And she was a strong believer. And we would have these great conversations. And because I'm a people pleaser, I wanted to stay in that conversation and please her, and then at the same time, not get fired, (laughs) right? Because uh, I'm a rule follower, or was. (laughs) Just kidding. And so I I would have these conversations, and I would have this tension of like, am I allowed to do this? Because the only time I saw her is in the dining room. And I'd have these great conversations. Well, one day, she pulled a power play on me. She brought her pastor to meet me. And Her son was the caregiver of this pastor, and his name is Harold Bredesen. And I I don't even know if he's alive anymore. Um, But he was huge in the charismatic movement, getting that going in the U.S. And I had no idea about this. I didn't know who I was meeting. Here was a guy who's probably in his late 80s, early 90s. His back was broken, and he's like this. And he has this huge smile on his face. Just huge. And I, I was serving their table, and every time I would go over, he would pull me to him and start talking to me. And then here comes that tension. And I was at a point in my life where I needed help. I did. I needed someone to pray for me, but I was too prideful and too terrified. Because what happens when you, when you go for help? You're admitting that you need it and that there's something to be exposed. Right? There's something you need. And you know that when you, when you express that need, you're exposing something. And probably something you don't really want to admit. And we're afraid of that because we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of being judged by others. And Christians, we're really good at judging, aren't we? <laughs> you know, we, we often, and I'm, I'm one of the worst. You know, you see what's wrong before you see what's right. So I was terrified of this. And so he kept pulling me down. And he would say things that were rocking my world because I was too afraid, too afraid, let me say it again, too afraid to seek help. God said, I'm going to put someone to go after you. And you know what? You're not going to see him coming. And I didn't see this guy coming. And I was going through all this stuff like, Jesus, I am such a failure. I'm not doing this. I mean, how are you even in me? I don't understand. I can't hear you. What's going on? I'm so afraid to do this. All these things are falling apart in my life. Are you there? And so here's this 90-year-old man, and he comes up to me um, when he's leaving. And my boss is standing in the dining room, and she's a Buddhist. And she's watching this encounter. And she's been watching me because she knows I've been taking a little too long at this table. And so I'm terrified. And the Lord says, you need to stay put because this man came up to me. And the little man he came up to me. And here I have all these questions, all these fears. And all I can hear for the first time in a long time is Jesus say, stay put. And I see him coming to me. I'm like, he's going to talk to me. I need to be cleaning up, but he's going to talk to me. My bo- I said, Lord, do you see my boss who doesn't really like you very much? Do you see her looking at me? I'm going to get fired. And I kept getting the sense that the Lord knew I needed this. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was terrified. And it was the first moment in that whole transaction that I put any effort into it by just standing still. And that was my way of saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you in this. And so I, I step spiritually, emotionally, mentally into this and to stay still. And the man comes up to me, and he just puts his hand on my face. He just says, and I'll never forget this, you can know, be okay, because I see the sweetness of Jesus in you. And I sat there and kept it together as long as I could until he walked out and I collapsed on the dining room floor, bawling. Because God showed me something. He's the one that leads. And when we follow what he leads, fear has no hold over us. And you know what happened? I look back because I'm like, I'm fired. And my boss is sobbing. She's sobbing with her head on her arm on this counter because of what she just witnessed. Because when we stand in the midst of our fear to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to do in me and through me to make me better for you? It doesn't just change you. It changes everything around you. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where I'm fighting God because I'm too scared I'm too scared to get assistance, to learn more, because it will reveal that I don't know something. And then I feel like a failure. That's how fear gets me. It goes right to the failure part. But if I don't step in and say, okay, Lord, what do you want? If you want me to get prayer, I'm going to get prayer. Because do you understand what prayer is? It's more than just like, hey, God, I need this. Do you understand that it breaks things that bind us? Because when we pray in the name of Jesus, it breaks things because Jesus broke sin on the cross. He destroyed it. He finished the job with the resurrection. So we, we pray in the name of Jesus. We intercede, means stepping in for someone else, praying on their behalf, because it has power. And it changes our lives. And we can't just be praying for people, but allow ourselves to be prayed for too. Because what happens with shame, because what really prevents us a lot of times is shame, right? We don't want to reveal weakness because we're shamed about it. And so what happens with shame is that it isolates us. It isolates us and it prevents us from receiving what God has for us. And so we're afraid to go for prayer because we don't know how to receive prayer. I am horrible at receiving prayer. I'd rather pray for someone than be prayed for. And the Lord's really worked on my heart on that. Because I don't know where I would be if I didn't have people praying in my life. It's a fact. And it's a really sad thing. And it's easy for me to go to the shame part. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm such a shameful person. I'm such a bad person for not receiving the gift of life that you want to give me. I need to get over that. I do. And that seems harsh and blunt. It is. but I need to, right? We all need to so that we can receive what God has for us so that we can be transformed with ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing glory. And then as we are transformed, people around us get transformed that we didn't even think possible. I thought, no way my boss is going to look at this situation and be crying. No way. Because she didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. Nothing. I tried. I failed. But did I? When I allowed myself to follow Jesus and kick down that door of fear, I realized I I wasn't a target, but I was a participant in victory. I wasn't a target. I was a participant in God's victory because he led, and where he goes, there's victory all the time because we've already won in him. And I began to see these things in my life start to break down in a good way because I'm learning slowly that in my fear, which is one of the number one killers for Christians, that in my fear I can trust Jesus. See, that's, that's the thing. We overcomplicate. I don't hear Jesus. I don't. Uh, and that's a whole other story. But do you believe and do you trust what he promises? Without having all the facts without having all the proof. That's faith. So what we're going to do today, we're going to take a risk. And it seems it's not really a risk because we can trust Jesus, but it feels like a risk because we don't see the steps all laid out because we like our steps laid out, right? We like the plan. Well, this is where I'm going. Well, God, how am I getting there? Well, I'll let you know. Really, we're on a need-to-know basis, and what we need to know is that he promises this. Out of Hebrews 13, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a promise. The Lord is my helper. I will not be what? Afraid. Whew. Does that give anyone other than me chills? We can trust him. So what we're going to do is that we're, I'm going to give you a time when we're, when we're doing offering and I want you to focus, and I want you to start asking, Lord, where in my life have I, has fear kept me from you? Where in my life has fear kept me from you? And then I'm gonna, we're going to provide an opportunity. See this space right here, this empty space? You see it? Like not metaphorically, like physically, right? Those of you that want prayer and are afraid to, I want you coming up. Now, here's the thing. It's challenging, right? Because someone's got to do it first. And then kind of courage follows. But what we're going to do is during worship, after offering, we're going to have a time where anyone that comes up will be prayed for. We're not leaving until you're prayed for. We'll have our prayer ministers all over this place, and it's an opportunity to worship in spirit and truth and take the first step. It's not, everything's not going to be cured, but the first step to say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus in my fear, and I'm going to utilize the body of Christ because you weren't born by into loneliness. There was someone there, right? You didn't come from a stork that just dropped you off. This is a team sport. This is a together thing. And so you're taking a first step to follow Jesus into your fear with people saying, Lord, I want to be yours. I want to be transformed with ever increasing glory so that so that people may be changed for your name. So it's time to be courageous. And this doesn't mean you have to spout all your problems. That's not what I'm saying. But it's an opportunity for you to take the first step and say, I just need prayer. And trust the Lord to do some work. Trust the Lord to do some work. It's the hardest thing, is to trust Him when you don't see your results when you want them. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is practicing. Hebrews 5.14 says, Solid food is for the mature who by practice train themselves to see where God is and where He's not. So we have to practice the things of the Spirit, don't we? Because when you practice, you get better. So this is an opportunity in a safe place. We have the people. We have the place. And we have a purpose to love God and to love others in the name of Jesus. There's specific purpose that God gives us, but there's a general purpose. And it's clear. Love God and love others. So we have the people. We have the place. We have the purpose. Let's do it. Let's do it. So in this time, I want you to be asking that question, Lord, What fear has kept me from you? What is it? And let's get prayer for it. Let's pray this up. And this is a fear for me because any time you have any kind of altar call for a pastor, it's like, what if no one comes up? That's not my problem. Our task is to be faithful with what God tells us to do. Let the results be his thing, not our thing. And secondly, I want to give an invitation. There are people that have sat here for a long time that don't know Jesus. They know about him. They could probably tell you what John 3.16 says and some other things. They could probably tell you a lot of things. But they don't truly know him. And if that's you and you want to, and that's a big fear thing, right? I remember pretending to be a Christian for most of my life. And it it took everything to admit that I wasn't. Not saying you're not. I'm just saying it took me in my place, in my moment, to realize that I wasn't. I was a follower of rules, but not a follower of Jesus, and there's a difference. If that's you, I want to invite you to come up for prayer to receive Jesus into your life in an authentic, life altering way. And how that looks later, I don't know, but I know God is faithful. So we have a challenge, church. So are we going to take that first step? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. and <laughs> You're such a good God. And I, I pray we wouldn't leave this building, leave this place without recognizing that. <laughs> Lord, you see us and you love us and you call us not into a system of rules, but into a love relationship where the doing comes out of the being in you and not the reverse. So Lord, I... I must confess there are a lot of fears in my own life. And I want you to have full access to them. I want to let go of them. I don't want to run away from them. I want to follow you into them and watch you demolish them in Jesus' name. So I pray that you would give us an extra dose of courage this morning to do that. To do that. To take that first step and saying, Okay, Lord, I want my life to be yours for that to happen. I need you to clean house I need I need to follow you in my fear so that it may be conquered so we thank you Lord and we praise you praise you Jesus and in this time of offering may we give to you what you have called us to give and that might be a fearful thing for us but we we want to respond in faithfulness. You are the one that is in charge of the outcome, not us. Our job is to be faithful. So in this time of offering, may we be faithful to what you're calling to us, calling us to. So bless this time. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen.